movie, movie boys. We are movie boys, we're movie boys. Have sex with us, please. <laughs> Hello. Hello, how are you, Jim? <laughs> I'm alright. Um, quick question. What the fuck did I just watch? You just watched Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. And, yeah. And I did, mm-hmm. I did, was I not correct in my advice that you should not be drowsy when you watched it? I took that advice on board, but watching it makes that impossible because you instantly become drowsy while watching it. Yeah. It, it just it just compounds if you're already sleepy, and I can't imagine making it through the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be relying on you to explain the plot to me, not just because it was complete fucking gibberish, but also because um, it was very difficult for me to follow for other reasons. Um, for instance, the first 10 minutes, I was only able to hear through the partition wall because... Cause you know, as we all know by now, I've got my uh, my whole back pain situation. Uh, so I've been on uh, very strong painkillers for, for hell. It's it's fucking months now, and that they don't tell you this. You're on that stuff long enough, you get real butt trouble, like <laughs> loads of butt trouble. Backs up like you would not believe. Uh, I was on the toilet la- uh, last week, I think it was, for forty-five yeah. minutes. Oh my! Um, and when things finally came out, like I was screaming. I've never screamed on a toilet before, uh, but but that was painful. My 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 ass is is red, raw, and spicy. It's horrible. So anyway, um, I'm I'm taking uh, fiber supplements, and I, I shake them for emphasis. Uh, I'm taking fiber supplements, which has gotten things moving, but at the cost of, uh, shall we say, impudence. <laughs> Pooh is rude, Conrad. So <laughs> when I turn on Final Fantasy, the spirits within the, the, the hit motion picture, uh, and feel a rumble in the jungle, I gotta run because things are gonna happen at my toilet. Not in there, like it, it will happen at the toilet. So I had to run out and do uh, painful poos uh, while trying to listen to the Final Fantasy The Spirits within the hit motion picture from Columbia Films uh, while doing that. And And what you were doing, what you were doing was more entertaining. Well, I I could certainly follow the plot a lot better. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I also had to, at one point, um, rush to the other bathroom uh, just to apply a soothing salve (laughs) to, to, to my... To my uh, little chocolate winker, because it's not in a good way uh, because of the things that have come out of it uh, and and the way in which they've made their exit. So, basically what I'm saying is, I watched the film. (laughs) I didn't concentrate on the film. Right. I I mean, hell, I stopped for a wank halfway through as well. So, (laughs) what else did I do? Uh, I was... I was doing all sorts. I was doing a lot of multitasking because the film doesn't keep your attention. No. You know, James Woods, bless him, he does his best. But even he's not enough to keep your attention. You've got, you got Steve Buscemi and James Woods in this film and Bing Rames. It's a pretty good cast. They've got, they've got a surprising ensemble cast, but none of them could make up for it. Uh, so I was kind of 
very glazed over when I watched this and could not follow it. So I'm going to be relying heavily on you. Okay, to well, fill I, in I, the gaps. I pretty much got it covered. I that's think that's good. But... That's good. Uh, so... As far as I could tell, it's a film about ghosts that pull your ghosts out of you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, pretty much. That, that I mean, you're really not far my... off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not. Don't think I wasn't doing my due diligence though. I was. I was working when I was watching this because. <laughs> I got to do that away from the microphone because people said I was too loud. <laughs> Time for Jim Sterling's facts of the week. Uh, got a couple of these. Uh, Amazon was not as generous with the facts as in other films we've watched, mostly because even Amazon didn't have much to fucking say about <laughs> this one. And a lot of the facts were really just boring anyway. But I can tell you that this is the first CGI motion picture full-length film with photorealistic animated characters. Well, and that was that that was the big deal about it. Um, we had had animated features that you know were computer generated animation prior to this point. Certainly. Yeah, we had Toy Story, which was better right. than this one. Well, by by a long shot, but but this was Square, uh, you know, really having more or less achieved this on a smaller scale with the Final Fantasy games. And thinking that they could demonstrate their visual capabilities, you know, unfettered by the limitations of home consumer hardware to make a, a, an entirely CGI, you know, basically, I guess you'd, you'd call it a 95-minute cutscene. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And funnily enough, that represents the attitude that Lassa Day Square Enix has... Um showcased in, in its other games to the detriment of those games. But it's, um, it is interesting that the, the, the visual look of, of Spirits Within is really not far off at all from what we now see in Square Enix game cutscenes. Like, yeah, yeah. They predicted their own future with this, and, yeah. and it bore out, for yeah. better or worse. Yeah, worse. <laughs> not, not better or worse. Um, I often refer to Final Fantasy Thirteen as just watching Square Enix's art department have a wank for 30 hours. Um, because, and, and this film exemplifies why, because they worked so hard on their photorealistic characters and their CGI and forgot to do um, a plot and anything else that's good. Yeah, they they didn't really write interesting characters. I I love the cast, right? I love all of the people that they've cast in this. But some of them don't work with the characters very well, mm -hmm. I don't think. Uh, Steve Buscemi, in particular. Like, I know that because Buscemi has such a distinct voice and a distinct face... Yeah. That there's going to be some disconnect. But he should have been playing a... I mean, they didn't have this in this, but, you know, in other Final Fantasy games, they always have a kind of non-human teammate. Right. And, 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 and this one doesn't because it's set on Earth for some fucking reason, and everyone's people, and that doesn't work with Steve Buscemi. He can't be voicing people. 
So he he's not like a Moogle or anything like that. He's just fucking... They, they just put him in some handsome boy character, and it don't work. It don't work at all, because it's Steve... We all know it's Steve Buscemi, and he ain't made yep. up to look like Steve Buscemi. He's just a fucking dude. Make him look like, what you know, that guy he plays in Monsters, Inc. And then there's Ming-Na Wen, who's returning to us, which... Again, I like her. I don't think she's a great actress. I just like her. I think I think she does action sequences really pretty well, and and yeah, I, I, I don't. I just don't think she's particularly talented at delivering lines. She's gotten better over the years. She sounded she, bored. Yeah. 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 There was no real inflection or anything. Actually, we 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 are dis- we are doing what we normally do. After the plot summary here, yeah, I guess it, it I is guess hard you're right. not to. It's hard not to, to, yeah, but but I think all right. So going back to stuff that we should probably be talking about ahead of it, I think the square might have thought that this was going to be a thing they'd keep doing. Right? Uh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. They they did seem to, uh, I, if I recall at the time, um, I think that the movies were there. Definitely a goal they wanted to pursue. Yeah. And I don't know if this taught them a lesson, because this is pretty much it. I mean, you have Advent Children, but that's a, a totally different beast. Yeah, I mean, that was a specific tie into a game and, and everything, and was whole part of a multimedia thing they were doing. Right. Sorry, sorry a transmedia or crossmedia or whatever name they want to make up for it. But yeah, it was a multimedia push for the anniversary. Uh, but yeah, you're right, I think... I don't think they've they've dipped their toe in this well again in terms of their own original CGI films. And I don't think it was attempted again very much. No, I mean, the it, only ones it, we've seen and we'll probably get to for better or worse. No, sorry, worse. Um, for worse on um, spin-off Doctors is uh, I know Capcom have done a couple Resident Evil ones. I've right. seen one of them. It was fucking atrocious. Just don't do it. Don't don't do your shitty little CGI films. But um, but even then, not, you know, it wasn't a theatrical to, thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Not this stuff isn't being made theatrically. Um, I think that there's They're little spin-offs. Of, yeah, there's been uh, some determination that you can do fanciful computer-generated stuff whole cloth, and that works. Um, but nobody's. And I'm sure people can will will be able to pipe up and point out examples of films that that have done it. Or, Actually, I can right now. Yeah, I think really there's got to be like one, one or two. Uh, Ratchet and Clank ju- just had one come out. Okay, well there, 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 that's a good example. Yeah, um, but it's it's super rare, and oh, yeah. and I think I think it's technically daunting. And while this does it pretty well, um, it's got. It's got flaws, um, even in that. So even the thing it does really well, it doesn't necessarily do all that well, well I mean, especially in the modern context. It's dated as hell, that, that yeah. much is true. I watched, I was like, holy shit, like video game cuts, video games, no, like in-engine cutscenes, in several regards look better than this. And this was, The animations I mean, uh, alone, like as stiff as they are in this. 15 years ago... It, this was staggering. Like, I, I mean, I really can't, uh, I can't deny that. This l- looked far better than I think anybody had an expectation computer-generated mm-hmm. movies could look like. Well, it still didn't look great, 
necessarily, but yeah. it looked far better than expectations. But then you compare it to Toy Story, which still looks great and yes. still holds up and looked fantastic at the time. It's like, you know, I've, I've said this before in about just video games in general, like photorealism is not that good. <laughs> like, it's no. really not. Like style is what endures. Photorealism, like unless you're actually a real life human person, just it, it ain't gonna hold up, and it it will date fast, like shockingly fast. Yep, I I could not agree more. So, uh, well, I mean, should we should we get into the plot and? Um, yeah, I'm about ready to uh, just dive into the the plot yeah. now. Let's go All for right. it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. The film opens with a lone woman looking out across a desolate wasteland. And as she stares at the sun coming out from behind a moon on the horizon, uh, she steps on some kind of quit critter. It looks like a face hugger. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like she steps on a face hugger and this earthquake starts. And, but it's, it's all a dream. Uh, she is actually on a ship uh, orbiting the Earth in the year 2065. And this is where we get our expositional monologue, uh, which is uh, sort of internal, I guess, or it's, it's really, I can't tell if she's supposed to be telling this story or narrating to someone because it all seems very present tense. It's very weird. Uh, but it indicates that she's been having this. I don't think the writers knew or Yeah, had. probably not. Um, but she's been apparently having this dream every night. And, oh yeah, also some alien force arrived on the planet, like, a little more than three decades ago, and humanity is forced to live in these cities protected by barriers. So, there. That's, (laughs) that should bring you up to speed from, you know, 2001 to 2065. That's what happened. Um, So she lands the ship in the ruins of old New York City. And uh, begins scanning for something with this uh, wrist-mounted holographic display thing that all looks kind of zoomy and is made by Seiko. Uh, mm-hmm. In in the the first of many sort of all of a sudden very immediate like hey here are some brands you'll recognize. Uh, That's why it's set moments. on Earth. That's why it's the only Final Fantasy set on Earth is so that they could have fucking. So they can go to Times Square and show a whole bunch of uh, advertisements. Yeah, I think yep. you're right. Um, and and I, I think it's fun that uh, in this world, as of the year 2025, Palm was still a thing. <laughs> uh, so she fires this sort of flare thing that releases particles into the air that make it possible to view these uh, phantom creatures, uh, which they... It doesn't really explain that well until the second time she does it, and it just seems a little weird. Uh, But she sort of moves her way through the environment trying to find this thing she's looking for, and inevitably gets cornered by a group of phantoms. Uh, When this military ship flies overhead, and soldiers drop from it into a sort of green landing goo, like, I love this. This is my favorite thing about the movie, is the green landing goo. Like, fuck parachutes, right? <laughs> this is the future. We don't have time for parachutes. No. Everything going... is goo-based. 
and it it just dissipates so quickly. So it just like it it fires into the ground and makes this little cube of goo that the well, I mean, you can't even call him a paratrooper anymore. The soldier flies into, and it just. <laughs> stops their descent safely, and then dissipates around them when, you know, after they've had time to get upright. What? <laughs> it's to let you know that this is a... It's... A, I, I don't know. <laughs> so the soldiers drop down and start shooting all the phantoms. And they say, oh, this is a restricted area, and they try to detain this woman. But she distracts them with another phantom that's creeping up on them and, and runs off into the ruins some more. What an idiot. And they, they give chase, and one of them nearly blows them all up by shooting some fuel tanks at some phantoms who are coming through the walls, because they apparently just they have no tangibility uh, at all. These things just pass through solid objects as they like. Which is kind of horrifying, I guess. There, there kind is a, of. I mean, they were yeah. a really dull antagonistic force, really. They're just... Because they are just like ghost centipedes and shit. Like, yeah. it, I, I'm, they're not interesting. No. Uh, the, the more soldier-type ones have a little more potential to be interesting. Because they, they have some, some animations that aren't basically slithering. You know, something that's yeah. more than just a wave motion. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think the, the phantoms are particularly interesting. That's all they've got going for them, is that yeah. they can pass through solid objects. And they got absolutely no, as far as I could tell... Oh, and they're invisible to the naked eye. Like, that yeah. is unfortunate. Yeah, it I doesn't guess. help. No. And as far as I could tell, they had no real guiding force. No, no, no actual villainy to them, it's just... These are the threat for the film to have a threat in the film. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's a there's slim justification provided for why they are like this. It's not particularly yeah, but it, they are. They're just this is the bad thing, basically. Um. So the uh, the soldiers catch up with the lady. And she refuses to leave until she's located this life form that she's been scanning for. And she does track it down. It's this little small plant thing. And she puts it in a sample container, which allows the phantoms ample time to completely surround the group of soldiers. Uh, ultimately, they manage to escape by climbing up to the street above, and they evacuate on the dropship that they came in on. Now, confronted by the captain on the ship, the uh, woman tells the soldiers and, and us that her name is uh, Dr. Aki Ross. And the plant is more important than the lives of the soldiers, who we come to learn are named uh, Neil, Jane, um, uh, Kevin? I want to say Kevin. I actually can't remember. How bad is that? I can't remember their, their names. Say the names. <sighs> Say their names, bitch. No, um, Jane and yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and and Ryan and Neil, and then the uh, the captain's name is Gray. Oh, you were just waiting for Gray. No, I need you to just say all four names okay. for this this fact of the week from Jim Sterling. <laughs> um, 
the Deep Eyes Squadron, which is the fucking yeah. dumbass name for the group, has four characters. As a reference to the games where parties are usually restricted to four characters. Wow. Thank you, Amazon, for that. <laughs> I love these facts. <laughs> for that deep insight, yeah. It's, uh, oh, dear. Look forward yeah. to more of those. Not Ooh. many more, because like I said, even Amazon was, couldn't be fucked with this film. <laughs> so it, it also turns out that uh, Grey has some sort of history with Aki. Now, they all travel to Barrier City 42, which is New York City, as opposed to old New York City, which is abandoned. Yeah. And uh, they are uh, all to be scanned for infection. Because apparently, like, these phantom things, they stalk out people's energy, and, and, and you don't see them do this initially but they, they pull people's souls from their bodies basically yeah they're ghosts them. that pull your ghost out of you yeah and fucking you know what let it burn assholes <laughs> that's that's pretty awful i'm sure somebody's cat is in trouble uh all right yeah but they 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 also can just infect people i guess and then they die a few hours later and be Come like I'm not sure what the threat of infection is. I don't think it again, again, like with everything else, I don't think the writers cared. Right. I think, again, like like the Phantoms themselves, they needed just another threat. But this yeah, is it's... another thing hanging over the character. Please care about the character. They have no personality. We need these external threats that we pull out of our asses to try and generate a sense of investment. Yeah, they never they never justify the uh, the whole infection thing, but um, they're all being scanned, and Aki's trying to get out of her scan. Uh, but before that can be, you know, an actual issue, Gray's scan comes up and shows that he's been exposed to a phantom, and he's only got a couple minutes to live. And so Aki pulls him from the scanner and puts him on a surgery table, and eliminates the phantom particles with a laser in you know the nick of time, and it's this big dragged out, overly dramatic, just unnecessary shit. Uh, but it does demonstrate this thing where, you know, as they're attacking the particles, they're not, like, completely destroyed. They'll burrow deeper into the body and, and then therefore make it harder to uh, destroy them and cause greater risk of damage to the body. This is a really important plot point that will come up later. Please pay attention. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't worry, they will bring it up to remind you. Um, so, after she's saved him, uh, Aki still manages to get out of her scan, uh, which she's, you know, also totally not avoiding for plot reasons, when another doctor arrives and says it's not necessary and he'll take responsibility for her. And so this doctor is the, uh, the movie's Sid. Yes. Yeah, that's that's that is one of the long running trips. See that the four characters in the party, eh, that's, eh, I don't know if that's such a Final Fantasy thing. No, I mean, I know that that's the it's number. It's what Amazon said. Are you gonna go against Amazon there? <laughs> but this 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 is a Final Fantasy thing. This is probably the one of the two most Final Fantasy things in this entire 
fucking charade. Yeah, basically the two things this film has in common with the games that are properly in common is Sid, who even has an airship, Sid and complete fucking gibberish nonsense that pisses me off. I'd have I got a, I would have gone with uh, a third but uh, a third option there but but you're not wrong like I can't argue that that is is definitely the case um, so this this doctor Sid and Aki analyzed the yeah. plant sample Donald that, Sutherland by the yes, way yes Donald Sutherland very fine actor and and delivers one of the better performances in this in terms of him being well cast and matching up with my expectations of that voice to the character yeah he does um, alright. He does, he does pretty well. Uh, so they analyze this sample and determine that it is the sixth spirit. And I did air quotes. You can't see that, but I did, I did air quotes around that. Uh, something that they've been looking for in their efforts to stop the phantom threat. Uh, yeah. It was at this point that I was just... I, I crumpled inside. I was just like, oh, dear. Now yeah. they're banging on about... I mean, I, 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 it was called The Spirits Within. Like I knew it was coming up, but I'm like, oh, God, here we fucking go. And, and sure enough, um, 20 years prior, Sid discovered a form of energy that resides in the phantoms and later found that this same type of energy is in all forms of life. And he learned how to harness it for use in technology. And so lots of military and defense applications and, and all sorts of stuff is based off this guy's work. And so he's a pretty significant scientist uh, in, in this world. But he's uh, faced opposition from the military because they like to blow stuff up. Uh, and they think Sid's got these wacky theories about the planet being alive and growing off the experience of spirits residing in th living things after they, you know, die. Uh, and, you know, they think that's kind of kooky. Uh, and so Sid warns Aki not to keep any notes on their research in case, you know, they get used to discredit her and, you know, have her arrested or whatever. Uh, totally not foreshadowing at all. Um, and also suggests that uh, she should stay away from Grey because this is really not a time to be knocking boots. Like, they have work to do. Um, Aki has another dream. And this time it's uh, featuring marching soldier creatures and a whole array of ships blasting off into the sky. Yeah, big metal duck soldier knight things. Yeah. They're all weird duck heads. They look stupid. Like, they, they, they look stupid. I think that they look, yes, stupid. Also, not terrible in the context of a CG animated creature, particularly at that time. Like, I think that they look kind of interesting, and I can see why you would design something to look like that, but I don't think they look good. Um, the uh, General, uh, General Hine, has uh, been throwing a tantrum to this governing council that mm -hmm. sort of decides... James I, Woods. Yes, General Hine's played by James Woods. Uh, he, he wants to use this cool new gun, uh, the Zeus Cannon, that got finished last month. Uh, on the alien meteor that brought the Phantoms to Earth. And uh, Sid is there disagreeing, saying that while physical attacks kill Phantoms, more of them then just wake up from the meteor and burrow deeper into the Earth and become harder to eliminate, uh, and raises the concern that the laser could harm Gaia, which, you know, all of this is prompted by a kind of awkward explanation of this theory delivered by one of the council members. Uh, yeah, I think they're in cahoots. Like... I, I think this is this is politics interfering with science a little bit, but who am I to judge? Um, but uh, 
he, you know, that he brings up Gaia, the spirit of the earth, and this just fuck's sake, just freaks everyone out. As it should. As it should. Because he's Th- talking bollocks. He's a fucking scientist. This is not, you know. I mean, the fact an- that it happens to be real in this film doesn't stop it being bollocks. It it's just not- means the film's bollocks. It's not spirit. It's a. It's an energy source. Fine. <laughs> Transference of energy makes sense. Don't don't. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so this this radical thinking gets everyone all hot and bothered, and, and General Hine mocks Sid for it, and and Sid explains that instead of shooting the phantoms, they could be stopped by constructing a wave that works to cancel out the energy produced by the phantoms using energy signatures found in eight forms of life on Earth. No further explanation needed. This totally makes sense. Please don't think about it too hard. Uh, It's already been proven effective by Aki, who happens to be infected by a phantom. Gee, I guess that's why she didn't want to get scanned. Uh, But she's been kept stable with the as-yet-incompleted wave, which convinces the council to give Sid more time. Christ, this is bullshit. It really is. It's just dumb. So Aki starts scanning for the next spirit in some sort of elevator thing when Gray shows up, and the rest of his Deep Eyes crew uh, decide to temporarily disable the elevator to give them some time alone. Uh, they're, it. I. I don't know. It's cute, I guess, that they're, that, they're trying to force their commanding officer to, you know, get into a position to get laid. I guess. Yes. I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. It's a little weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wrong. <laughs> yes, it's also wrong. What they've done is wrong. <laughs> And Gray confronts Aki about having up and left for the Zeus cannon platform in space to have her little phantom blocking operation. And she sort of explains what happens afterwards about surviving the infection and the spirits she's collected up to this point. And and they are about to get all romantic, and then the, the elevator sort of starts moving again. So not only did they inconvenience them with this, but then they ultimately cock-blocked him in the end. Yeah. Useless people. Way to go, Deep Eyes. Yeah, deep uh, shit. So Gray and Deep Eyes get reassigned by General Hine to accompany Aki and observe for her for uh, any aberrant behavior. And then, you know, when he sort of questions these orders, uh, Hine has some additional men sent to keep an eye on him as well. So now we've got this sort of chain of suspicion that's supposed to be uh, adhered to. Uh, Aki has another dream, and this time she's in the middle of a battlefield between the alien robot things. Uh, But they suddenly stop fighting, and they stare off into the distance, and Aki grows concerned that the phantom inside her is is winning this internal conflict she's had and is going to eventually kill her. Uh, Now Deep Eyes gears up with Aki in a dropship over Tucson, uh, which um, I'd love to make a joke about how it looks a lot like how Tucson looks now. Like, it's not that different. Ha-ha! Ha-ha. Well, I really like Tucson. It's, like, one of the better places in Arizona, so, you know. Uh, they drop buoys that are designed to lure phantoms away from the city so that they can search for a, a seventh spirit there. 
and they see a, a bird of prey. I think it's a bald eagle. Um, but it's not the spirit they're looking for. It's just, you know, a bald eagle looking to, you know, find something to eat in this place where there is no life. So, yeah, didn't they, she say some fucking pseudo philosophical bullshit about how it's there waiting for life to return or some fucking shit that makes my skin crawl. Yep. No, I'm so deep. What they're looking for is, uh is inside the energy pack of one of the dead soldiers in this on this battlefield. It's powered by a single-celled organism, and that's the one they need. Yeah, I'd have gone for the eagle. Fuck this movie. <laughs> this is so stupid. Is, is any of this making sense to the listener right now? Just... just... Feel free to leave a comment here on SoundCloud or Sound, yes, yeah, SoundCloud or on the gymposition.com or whatever. Like, like, if at this point, this the sort of thirty of minutes you, into the show, yeah, whether you've seen the film or not, because I don't think it matters. No, let us know if it makes sense to you, because it don't make sense to me. It's yeah, it's not good. It's very not good. Ah, uh, so uh, the phantoms um, suddenly return. Uh, seemingly drawn to Aki and not the buoys that they were intended to be drawn to. And they eat the soul of one of the soldiers. So this is the first time we see them, like, chowing down. They pull his ghost out of him. Yeah. Because they're ghosts that pull your ghost out of you. And Aki collapses on the run back to the evac evac point. And uh, once they're in flight again, soldiers loyal to General Hine attempt to take control of the dropship. So while Aki's unconscious... Uh, she has another dream that sort of goes further on this developing chronology it has. And it now includes some form of explosion and a wave of fire which wipes out the once-fighting aliens along with any uh, sort of um, capability the viewer might have had to forget that this was computer-generated. Because (laughs) while they have a fairly refined human form with admittedly stiff animations but decent amount of detail fire has yet to be mastered and it mm-hmm. is bad <laughs> it is re- the, the, anytime there's an explosion uh particularly after this point uh they're terrible they're just yeah. absolutely horrendously bad. It's Not as bad as Mighty Number no. 9s. hey So they've still got something going for them. Uh, so, um, she... This wave of fire wipes out the aliens and she wakes up in the dropship and then gets shot by one of the soldiers who is, I guess, startled by this having happened. And this causes enough of a distraction for uh, the deep eyes to disarm these other soldiers. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I did the Final Fantasy one instead of Very her. clever, very clever, yeah. It wasn't supposed to be. I just did the wrong one by accident. But it sounds like it would have been clever. Yeah, that would have been. That You could have said nothing. I could have just passed and that off. everyone would have no, you know, gone on thinking how clever you were. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm too honest. I'm not yeah, going to lie about it. my nightly nuts like Obama. Um, <laughs> right, it's funny you mention arms. Yeah. What did you say, disarm? It, yeah. You said the word arm, that's good enough for me. In early storyboards for the film, Ving Rhames' character, who has a name. 
Ryan. I, He's Ryan. Ryan. I just call him Bing Rames. Like I call Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi, and James Woods, James Woods, because right. they're just better names. Um, Bing Rames in early storyboards, his character had a cybernetic arm as a reference to Barrett from Final Fantasy VII. Wasn't kept for the final film, but he was going to have one. Uh, yeah, I think I had heard that at some point. Um, there you go. Yeah. I think that yeah, that was probably unnecessary. It's probably best that they didn't do that to Ving Rhames. I know. It would have made, it would, it would have made the film confusing. Yeah. Yeah. And we wouldn't want that to happen. No, not at all. Uh, yeah. So um, a gun winds up in the uh, hands of, of one of the bad dudes. Um, and Neil, the, uh, uh, Steve Buscemi, who's the pilot, uh, kills him by flying through a huge phantom that's flying around, causing its body to pass through the dropship past everybody else whom he told to go to starboard, and, and it just grabs the soul of the guy in passing. Just, just and that's, that's, and I want to say that's clever, but everything about this movie sucks so much that I can't, I can't be bothered to feel it was clever. <laughs> well, I mean, um, in, in, in universe, that was a reckless, stupid thing to do. Not to mention how horrific that way of dying is. Yeah. You know, we're, we're supposed to believe it's, it's really not an ideal way to go. To have your ghost pulled out of you by ghosts. <laughs> So General Hine finds the recordings of Aki's dreams and decides that their evidence he can use to discredit her as a traitor, influenced by the Phantoms, just like Sid warned, and uh, he has the Deep Eyes arrested. And he also takes control of this uh, this facility. Oh, you know what? I missed something. I skipped something entirely. Uh, Hine, Hine learns of this incident and sees it as an opportunity to convince the council to let him fire his gun. And uh, goes to it, we we get to see Sid's lab and Aki's examined and they decide that they're gonna give her the seventh spirit right away directly but she's gonna need spiritual support during this Ugh. and so he Gray gets put on an adjoining surgical table and holds her hand so he can enter oh. her stupid fucking dream oh yeah that bullshit. Yeah, and they see the soldiers and the explosion, and they figure out, Aki figures out that the meteor that struck the Earth was actually, like, a part of this planet that the Phantoms had originally come from. And so, Hein has them arrested and takes control of the facility powering the barrier that protects New York, and starts powering it down in places so that Phantoms will get into the city and force the Council to change their minds, by the way, James Woods' character here is is being General Haim is being presented as basically the closest this film has to a villain. Yeah. And his motivation is he wants to shoot a gun. Yes, yes. He thinks that his gun will kill things. That's it. Yeah. And he's committing, committing this, you know, incredibly horrible act of treason. Yeah, as well as, you know, huge amounts of murder. Including the murder of his own major, uh, who dies, who, by the... <laughs> I realised you weren't going to bring the character up, so... Uh, yeah, he was not important himself. to the plot. He really wasn't. Um, but the major, <laughs> um, who is basically General Himes' kind of second-in-command, I guess. Basically, he's, he's a lackey. Yeah. Um, he is voiced by Matt McKinsey, who 
is the only actor in the film to have been in the Final Fantasy games as well as this film. Wow. So there's a fact for you. He played uh, Auron in Final Fantasy X and uh-huh. Final Fantasy X too. Okay. So, Auron, of course, being um, a very popular Final Fantasy character, a very uh, uh, famous one. Um, and it's certainly in terms of more latter-day Final Fantasies, one of the more iconic ones they have. Um, the major in Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, however, is just there. there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Let's see, where were we? Oh, right, yeah. He's powering down the uh, barriers, and it quickly spirals completely out of his control, shockingly. He he even says, word for word, what have I done? Yeah, it's not subtle. And, And not that this... Keep in mind, this is not at all going to change anything regarding his, his goals or how he seeks to achieve them. Like but he, he still does wants have, to shoot that gun. He has three seconds of self-awareness and moves right along doing wrong things. <laughs> so uh, the uh, phantoms get into the barrier control center and attack, and Hein has realized his mistake too late, and the incident triggers an evacuation of the city which releases Aki and the Deep Eyes from their cell. Uh, And they all manage to escape to Aki's ship, which is still impounded by the military. Ryan gets injured, uh, Ving Rhames gets injured on the drive to the ship, and he gets left behind in the truck with a gun. Um, uh, Steve Buscemi and uh, and Perry Gilpin's the actress, Jane, the female character, they, they bite it after they manage to release the ship from its anchor coupling and uh, phantoms come and attack them. Yeah, their and, ghosts are pulled out by ghosts. Yep. And, and only Grey, Aki, and Sid actually make it off the planet. Um, and Grey and Aki decide, you know, out of mourning and respect for the death of their, uh, their friends, to get their freak on. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they seriously fuck. They do. They really do. Over the crater where the meteor landed, uh, Sid determines that the last spirit is one of a phantom, for reasons. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? It could be a battery. Why not? And uh, so he tries to um, convince, (laughs) tries to convince Aki and Gray to go into the crater, which is certain death, to complete the the wave. I had the film on still. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, like, I mean, about an hour ago. I don't remember any of this. This is, yeah, it's... it's like, scene. I watched it. I don't remember. I don't I, even remember what happens to General Heim. If I hadn't written it down, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Yeah. The General Heim, speaking of, uh, he's still alive, and he travels to the Zeus platform. And he contacts the council, who managed to evacuate from New York City, and yeah. feeds them a line of bullshit about how the barrier must have just failed all on its own. Yeah. And Keith David, by the way, as uh, one of the among council. them, yes. Um, he and a woman gets... called Jean Simmons. <laughs> there, there is a woman actress, you know, spelled J E A N, but Jean Simmons that made me laugh. So the uh, he gets authorization to use the Zeus cannon. And he aims it at the Phantom, Phantom Crater, and finding Aki's ship there, he figures he'll just kill two birds with one massive orbital laser. 
And yeah, just well, if as, you're going to fire a big gun, you know, get your money's worth. Exactly. And so just as Sid proclaims that they found the Phantom to complete the wave, the Zeus cannon is fired and it gets killed. So, shucks. And more shots get fired and a massive Phantom in the crater awakens and all of these fucked up tendrils start coming out of it and it sort of envelops the crater. It's kind of horrifying, and I guess, or it's supposed to be. And the pod that uh, Aki and Gray are in gets dropped into the crater, uh, losing its cable hold, and uh, Sid flies off to the perimeter. Columbia Pictures' first animated theatrical feature since Care Bears Movie 2 A New Generation. That's what Final Fantasy The Spirits Within is. Oh dear. So... That's Aki, my last fact. Aki contacts General Hine on the Zeus platform and tries to reason with him, uh, using the newly gained knowledge that the Phantoms are just angry ghosts from another planet. And Hine ignores her, which... Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Well, I mean, not to mention the fact he, he also just, like, murdered loads of people so he could finally shoot a gun. Yeah, I don't think he not cares hinged. if they're angry ghosts. Right. He keeps firing to the point where the Gaia gets exposed to the surface and his gun overheats. And, uh, and Aki contacts Sid and says, Oh my god, I see the Gaia! And uh, Sid <laughs> determines that the, the Eighth Spirit was formed by a phantom interacting with the Gaia, and how lucky it is that they happen to be in exactly the right place to do this. Um, <laughs> and uh, as, as uh, he's searching for one, Aki passes out in the pod again, she has another dream of all the spirits leaving her body and fixing this destroyed world that she keeps having dreams about. And when she wakes up, she determines, oh, wait, no, wave's, wave's done, it's completed. Don't, don't have to keep looking. It found me, I guess, and connects her little chest thing that's containing the phantom uh, to her pod shield to transmit the wave. And as the wave builds, it starts disintegrating the phantoms that come near to it. Meanwhile, Hein manually overrides the Zeus cannon because <laughs> he's really determined to fire this gun. He loves that <laughs> fucking gun. Uh, and he fires the entity, shoots Gaia directly, which, oh no, something bad might happen there, I guess. And then a further attempt to fire causes an explosion on the platform because he should not keep firing their gu this gun, and his people warned him about this. And the cannon, along with Hein, are destroyed. Yeah, that's what happens to him. Yeah. Uh, Aki pulls a wounded Grey from the wreckage of the pod, only for him to nobly sacrifice himself as a conduit of some kind to pass the wave through to the giant crater phantom. Why not? Why not? Which turns blue and disintegrates into particles Sid describes as warm. Oh yeah, Ew. I remember that bit. Yeah. And then Aki comes out of the crater alone Damn. with the corpse of Grey, and the eagle flies over the seemingly healed world as credits roll. Fuck this movie. Dickhead credits. So Conrad, did you like Final Fantasy The Spirits Within or not? I, I didn't like it when I saw it in 2001 in the theater. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I walked away with it thinking, well, it was technically impressive because for the time, it was. Now it's a pile of dog shit. <laughs> it's, this is, it's, a, it, it's bad. It is total dog shit gutter trash. Like, you, uh, 
you can make a an argument that it is a tech demo. Uh, it spends a tremendous amount of time sort of dragging out on sequences uh, just to for visual eye candy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, and, and that should be readily apparent to anybody who's noticing the running time of this episode, because here we are, less than an hour in. Summary's done. Like, yeah, yeah. There's there's so little to say about the film because there is so little the film has. N- not hardly anything happens, uh, and so I mean, you could you could retell this film as a ten minute short movie. Absolutely. Like you could hit all the important key plot details and it would probably such as be they better. are yeah yeah like what exists i mean angry ghost aliens are there james woods wants to shoot them with a big gun donald sutherland thinks it's warm the <laughs> end <laughs> yeah it's and here's the thing now, I make fun of Final Fantasy games and their storytelling. As, as you rightly should, because they're, they're garbage. <laughs> but, but I like them. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, they are nonsense gibberish, and I like them. And part of the reason I think I like them is that a lot of the nonsense gibberish is at least spread out. Right, because you're over looking... Over hours and hours and hours. You're looking at a 40, 60, some cases 80-hour gameplay experience... When it's not so compressed together as it is in this 105-minute movie. Yeah, Yeah. and and, and this is just 105 minutes of pure, unfettered, undistilled bollocks. Just bollocks. Complete nonsense. I think you can make a 90-minute movie out of the events of Final Fantasy VII, for instance. You could do that. And actually, you could probably make something that makes a whole hell of a lot more sense than the game yeah. does. Um, well, hell, I mean, Final Fantasy Advent Children, like, for all the criticisms you can level at it, and you can level oh, it yeah. at least I can follow that a bit better than this one. There's a lot of ass pulls in Advent Children, and we'll talk about that when we eventually do the episode on Advent Children. But uh, the, the relevant plot threads I at least can look at in a linear fashion, follow, understand, and on some level, even enjoy. This is so... They they talk a lot for something that's so fucking shallow and underdeveloped. They have... They try and tackle big concepts of interplanetary warfare and extinction and spirits and ghosts and, and, and all this highfalutin shit... Uh, but but actually dedicate only a surface level amount of attention to all of it, leading you to this glossy, paper-thin collection of... Uh, 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 I'll say gibberish again. I was trying to think of other words, but gibberish and nonsense are the best words for it. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of it is really just an excuse to justify very, very pretty, again, for the time, visuals. Um, that's what Square Enix was doing then. It's to some extent what Square Enix does today. Uh, or so it's, what, it's what Square did then, I should say, uh, to be totally accurate. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I think... 
I, I almost, I, I wish I could have been there when they were trying to come up with what the story for Final Fantasy The Spirits Within was going to be. Because I think that they acknowledged that Final Fantasy VII was the thing that... I mean, yeah, really, there was no choice but to acknowledge that Final Fantasy VII was the thing that people most associated with Final Fantasy in mainstream culture. and, and Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean when, when, when I was a kid, um, I remember having a conversation in school when I learned they were making a Final Fantasy film. My assumption, and a lot of assumption of the kids at the time, was it was going to be a Final Fantasy VII film. When I heard Steve Buscemi was going to be in a Final Fantasy film, my first thought was, he was going to play Kate Sim. Oh my god! Oh my god, that would have been so good. Yeah, that's what we all thought he was going to do. At least in my school, we were all like, well, if, if, if Steve Buscemi's in it, he's, he's clearly going to play Kate Sif. That would have and been then, amazing. Yeah. I'm glad I never watched the film as a kid, like, thinking that and seeing what he eventually did do. Just a, a ton of talent wasted. James fucking Woods, Steve fucking Buscemi, Ving Rhames, like, like lots of talented actors who I love. I adore watching those people. All of them filler characters and forgettable. Yep. And to make Steve Buscemi forgettable is, I mean, uh, at least that's one thing this film does that's impressive. <laughs> well, I don't think I've ever seen him in another role where he's forgettable. I've seen him in tiny little bit parts. He gets all the best dialogue in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like, he still is the best thing about the film. And yet, right? Yeah, and yet utterly forgettable. That that says so much about it. And at least, but they are consistent because he's the first character we're supposed to care about to die. So, like every yeah. other thing, Steve Buscemi's in. He <laughs> he does he does get killed. Uh, eventually. Um, but yeah, but I think they had to have had that awareness that that was going to be an expectation to some extent. And that if they weren't going to make that, they should at least have recognizable elements that people can say, oh, it's like this or, you know, something. And, and you brought up the example of the metal arm for uh, Ving Rhames. And that would have been one way to do it. That I'm kind of I'm kind of glad that they didn't. But I still I I can't help but think that that might have been preferable than out of all the fucking things you could have chosen, you choose the life stream. Yeah. Why would you choose the life stream? Nobody understands the life stream. The life well, stream is poorly fucking conveyed in Final Fantasy VII. And, yeah. And you but thought that was the thing people were going to connect to thematically consistent with this film like if you're gonna pick anything for a film that makes no sense and no one cared about making sense you may as well pick the live stream yes i suppose it was the right decision for this film exactly where it was the wrong, wrong. decision it was the wrong decision ever except for this film <laughs> not for the right reasons <sighs> yeah no, it's the animations are stiff, but I I can understand that, right? There's justification for that. There's uh, but there's no. Plus, I mean, compared to to you know, the performer doing Aki Ross, the animations aren't that stiff. No, no, that's true. That was a zing. Just if the listeners keeping track of any, yeah. if they've got a zing scorecard anywhere, I know some people have them. That was a zing. Yeah, you want to tally that one on there. Yeah, just tick up from there. Maybe go for a full house. But yeah, 
they they didn't put any effort into the things that were going to stand the test of time. Yes, that's actually a really good point. They put because you can't say effort wasn't put into the film. No, this isn't like some other licensed video game movies where they clearly just didn't give a shit at all. Square and Columbia and, and the people working on it, they put the effort in. It's just as you say, all their effort went to things that dated poorly, that wouldn't last, and that's what truly makes this film so such a hard watch uh, in this day and age because it's not Toy Story, it's not any number of Pixar films. I mean, hell, it's not even fucking Advent Children, which uh, was at least stylized enough right. to where I could still watch that in a more recent era and not feel like it's dated as badly. They went pure photorealistic with it, and the result is is it's the fucking clone troopers from Attack of the Clones. Shit that stands out with how not realistic it looks anymore. Which is the great irony of, of any any photorealistic animation attempt. And that's true of films as well as games. Um, your attempt to be photorealistic will make your your product, your art, less believable in time compared to more cartoony, more stylized stuff. It, it, it will make it an artifact eventually, as yeah. opposed to yeah. something that endures. That's the reason why, you know... Um, the first Gears of War, or well, that's not a great example. That's it's fairly stylized, but, but you know, think of a photorealistic game from uh, last gen, um, and how that is dated now compared to the Wind Waker, which is you know cell shaded and years and years and years old, fucking GameCube game, and still looks great today. Yeah. They should have cell shaded the spirits within. <laughs> and hired a writer. A real one. Yeah. That's uh I can't. Nobuo uh... Uematsu doesn't even do the music for this one. No. I'm it's 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 just depressing. It really it like I I hope you didn't watch it, because you really you really did waste your time. Uh, yeah, and believe me, this is not one where watching it... Because I always, you know, I said before that I would like to watch things before listening to a, a podcast about a thing so that I'd enjoy it more. This, you wouldn't understand it any better. No. You'd get no better context. I will actually say, even though this is clearly going to be a shorter episode, um, and the, the describing it was so difficult because it is such bollocks... This has been my favourite one to record so far. Oh, really? I really, I, I think the description was one of my favourites because, <laughs> because it is such tripe. It really is. It's ter- and, and to give sort of an impression of how little content there is in this film, you know, normally I, I go through a process where I watch it once or twice, usually twice, uh, often one of those times with my wife, not in this case, who I, I don't think has ever seen this. And and I did warn her was poor, and we wound up watching uh, Barack Obama speak instead of watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, on the third go-round, I will type up a summary, and I often have to pause it or scroll back a bit to get catch something that I might have missed. Uh, in the case of Final Fantasy Spirits Within, I watched it once. I it didn't even watch the last 15 minutes, the first viewing. 
I went mm-hmm. back. I immediately started. I wish I'd have thought of that. I, I immediately started writing summary, and I viewed it at two times speed for the remain for the second viewing. God, I wish I'd thought of that as well. And, and I missed nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's threadbare. Yeah, you know how we talked about with uh, Silent Hill, um, how you could have cut huge amounts of that content down to like an hour, 30, even an hour, and would have had a punchier, better film? This is a 25-minute film. If that. Yeah. I, I, I think I said earlier, uh, you know, you could make a 10-minute short film out sure. of this. And get I think all with of the, the plot points across I think with, with the, the same way, amount of character development. I think with the way they did it, you might have to go to 25 because of how weirdly organized it is. And there's a lot of uh, sort of back and forth shots that are weird mm-hmm. that you need for context. But yeah, I agree. You can... You could get this down to next to nothing, and and it wouldn't be any the worse for it. It would be better because your time would have been saved. Yeah, I mean there there's no character development at all. There are no arcs. No, there's no one who learns anything. No, there's no no building of relationships or anything. Like Aki and Gray's relationship is more or less the same throughout. From begin, they they are at the same position at the beginning that they are at the end. Fucking General Heim has that what have I done line. And then immediately goes right on ahead doing the, the stupid shit. The exact same character yeah. he was. Like, he he just says one of the most, like, tropey fucking lines ever. And then, just because, I, I guess, like everything else in the film, they just needed it. Yeah. Like, that seems to be it. They just, they do things because they feel they need it. You're right, though. There's absolutely no character development at all yeah. there I mean, are what you could even describe the characters like who is donald sutherland's character who is sid in this sid I could, is I could tell a you who, who sid is in final fantasy 7 i could tell you tons about who he is how he learns to be different over the course of it this is he's an old guy He's a respected scientist that's, uh, you know, significantly advanced the continued survival of, of the human race. Yeah, uh, and he's got some wacky religious ideas. Yeah, it's more or less what he's done. Yeah. Not his personality, not his, uh, not his arc throughout the film. Like the, the things that they try to do, they try to position him as a father figure to Aki, but it just comes off kind of flat. Like, he... You're supposed to get the impression that he cares and they have this long relationship, but eh, yeah, it doesn't There's matter. There's that um, a very famous review of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace uh, by Red Letter Media, um, the, uh, the, the Plinkett Review, and incredibly famous. Many people listening to this will have seen it, and they do a thing in it where they ask a bunch of people to describe the characters in The Phantom Menace without physically describing what they look like or saying what their job is. Mm-hmm. It's like, describe their personality. Who are they? And they have them describing characters like Han Solo. You know, they can tell you he's this uh, roguish character who is uh, very self-interested and uh, thinks of himself as dashing, etc., etc. They can tell you who Han Solo is without telling you his job or his his appearance. And then they try and do that with the uh, Phantom Menace characters and they all stumble and they can't tell you what they are. They can't tell you who Qui-Gon Jinn is. They can't tell you who Obi-Wan is in that film. The same is true here. 
Yes. I mean, I asked you just then to describe Donald Sutherland's and, and most of, of what it is, is his job yeah, and he's, what he's done. He's a little paternalistic. He's seemingly exactly. intelligent. Yeah, that, that's it. He is science dude who is any other, could be any other science dude in a film. Any other old science yep. man. Aki Ross. Person. <laughs> Person. There's our fucking protagonist. She has... I don't even know what she fucking does. She has problems with intimacy. <laughs> um... Does she? Or is that just the performance? Well, she never gets back to Grey after her surgery. And they had some relationship. I wouldn't either. He's boring as shit. They all are. (laughs) How has the human race in that universe survived? (laughs) None of them are interesting. I wouldn't fuck them. I don't know how they fuck each other. Unless it's just this utilitarian, we need a baby now. They, uh, was Ryan, the Ving Rhames character, he gets like one line that's supposed to give him character depth. About how he has, like, a brother or an uncle or somebody. Some some relative who died at the battle in Tucson. And his corpse is around there somewhere. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. And that's it. That yeah. is, he's like, alright, we've developed Ving Rhames. We're good. That's all he needs. The only one with a, a shred of potential personality is, again, Steve Buscemi, who is just being... Like, the most watered-down version of Steve Buscemi you could ever hope to see. Yep. He's kind of charming. He's got a quick wit. Um, yeah, it's good with his hands. He's single. In the context and of looking. this film, he's running a like a charisma stat of thirty. <laughs> in the real world, ten. Oh, Ed. but yeah, but thirty in that universe. <sighs> How he is not president of the universe. In that universe, I don't know. But I'm I'm done. Yep. I'm, I've had enough. It's just miserable and sad. Yep. Um, I'm sitting back up. I'm done. I'm getting ready to go. That was Final Fantasy. The spirit's fucking with him. So, Jim, um, what are we doing next yeah. time? Oh, yeah, you'll like this one. Um, we're going to do Dead or Alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Dead or Alive. Uh, I was mostly excited about it because the the cover art for the uh, the well, the cover uh, looks like easily could, looks like it could have been a porno. Yep. So I feel like that's a good indicator of the kind of mess we're going to watch. Also has Holly Valance in it, which um, I was educating Conrad before we recorded as to who Holly Valance is. Anyone uh, anyone my age uh, who was was or is in the UK. Um, at the time I would have been uh, uh, there. Well, basically, who anyone who was in the UK at the time Holly Valance was around will know that this Australian singer uh, had a hit with uh, Kiss Kiss and is in this film. And those are the only two facts I know about Holly Valance, which before today I only knew one fact about Holly Valance. Now I know two. <laughs> so we haven't even done the episode yet and you're already learning something. You're so, you're so far ahead already. Yeah, I didn't even need Amazon for that one. So... That's what we're doing next. Dead or Alive by uh, Dimension Extreme. <laughs> <sighs> so good. Um, 
yeah, it's going to be a shit show probably, but it'll be more interesting than this one. It can't be less. Um, can't possibly no. be less. But I do mean it. I, I, I do find it funny that the possibly the most boring film we've seen so far has, in in my mind, led to one of the more entertaining and certainly the more one of the snappier spin-off yeah. matches is. Yeah. Uh, it it is. Uh, so it served some purpose. No, it's it's really kind of just. It's like a tire fire. It's just yeah. slowly smoldering on into eternity. Yeah, so good for them. And at least with this recording, we can say that Final Fantasy The Spirits Within has finally contributed something to entertainment. There you go. Yeah, silver linings. It's a nice positive way to end things. So thank you, as always, for listening. And thank you, for Conrad, for joining me and delivering, as always, a wonderful summary of things and doing your best to make it make some sort of sense. Uh. <laughs> uh, you can check out Conrad at... Uh, he's at Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter. Yep. And he's got a YouTube channel, Conrad Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. And there'll be loads of content on there by the time this goes Oh, up, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, tons of stuff gets put up there. Yeah. Yeah. Put some more up. I, I need shit I to watch. I should do that. Uh, yes. Uh, I right. need shit to watch. Um, and also, I was trying to remember what else it is we do. Uh, we do a weekly improvised comedy show called Fist Shark Marketing. You can check out more about that at fistshark.com. It's very funny sometimes. It, it is very funny sometimes. I think the next one we do is going to be very funny. That, yeah, there was actual like, real comedy in that one. Yeah. So, Unusual so. for us. Yeah, yeah, do check it out. Go to fistchart.com and check out the real comedy that we do. <laughs> Until then, we'll see you for Dead or Alive next time. Bye. Bye.